Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Maryland sports fans, there's only one sports book in the great state of Maryland with over 50 years experience booking bets and supporting customers. Betfred Sportsbook at Long Shots is now open and is the only sports book in Frederick offering cash betting on football, basketball, world soccer, and more. Visit the Betfred Sportsbook at I-270 and MD-85 in Frederick, right next to Longshot's off-track betting. Go to BetfredSports.com for more information and your chance to win exclusive merchandise. Must be 21 or older. Play responsibly. For help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. friends thanks for listening we really appreciate it today is a special edition of cobras and fire we are covering over several episodes the entire alice cooper discography and the first one is the alice cooper group era we are joined by joey from rock strikes 10 as well so grab a drink we'll be here for a while Welcome to Cobras and Fire. 
I'm your host, Luce Cannon, along with the insufferable, the unbearable Baco. How are you, sir? I was well, but uh, that introduction kind of set me back. <laughs> we got to come up with new adjectives every time. That's the ones uh, I just pulled out a thesaurus right before the show. But uh, and we're also visited by Joey. So, Joey, why don't you tell us what makes you famous? <laughs> uh, wow! Yeah, what makes? <laughs> yeah, I got banned for metal sludge back when I was in my twenties. Okay, excellent. And uh, I've seen The Exorcist 167 times. It keeps getting funnier every oh. single time I okay. see it. Nice. I am the host of the Rock Strikes Tim podcast. And uh, I'm a confident heterosexual. Okay. Um, I stole that one from D. Snyder. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I've been doing Rock Strikes 10 since uh, for the last five years now, and 200 plus episodes. It, I, I consider it a pretty decent rock and roll show. So check it out on iTunes and subscribe and tell your friends. But yeah, so Rock Strikes 10 is what's cool is that I listen to a lot of podcasts, but that one's unique uh, in my opinion because unlike um, Simpletons, like you know, Baco and myself, who have, in comparison, a very narrow, um, I guess, love for rock, it, or na- definitely narrower than yours, because you're all over the place. Like, but and I've uh, discovered like bubble. Some, I think huh? bubble's a better uh, term. I guess so. C- certain bubble. Certain bubble, but but you're like, you know, you'll play some 50s rockability, you'll play just, just random, different kind of things, all in the same show. So it kind of keeps it interesting. I like it. Mm-hmm. But enough. Thank, kiss, you, thank no. you very much. Uh, that's that's high compliment. So and, anyway, uh, now let's reverse that. Why don't you kiss our ass for a little bit before we kick this <laughs> off? You got nothing? My God! <laughs> oh my no, 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 no. So yeah, so let's get down to the theme. So today, what we're going to do is Alice Cooper eras, and we're going to pick basically a favorite. Each of us is going to pick a favorite song of that era, and also our favorite album. Kind of discuss why why it is your favorite and your least favorite and just kind of debate and have some, have a good time with it. So I'm going to throw it over to, and this was inspired by a lot of the uh, Cooper episodes that, that Joey has done on, on Rockstar's 10. So I knew he was definitely knowledgeable of it. So why don't I just throw it over to you and kind of break down what the eras are. Thank you, Mr. Cannon. I do appreciate that. Okay. And with all due respect to the first two Alice Cooper band records, Two albums hardly make an era, so it's hard to really do that one. And plus, most people don't own those records or have ever heard them, as much as I can find some good in them. We've moved on, starting with the Bob Ezrin era, basically, the uh, OG era, which mm-hmm. I like that name. Mm-hmm. That goes from albums Love It to Death through Muscle of Love, followed by the next era, which is Solo Alice, Concept Records, from Welcome to My Nightmare through From the Inside, and then hitting the, quote, Lost Era, sort of New Wave-ish era, uh, which starts from Flush the Fashion and ends with Dada. We get into the comeback era that starts with Constrictor and goes through Hey Stupid. Then, um, you know, actually, I, I like to call this era the morality era, and it starts with Last Temptation and ends with Dragon Town. I like that. And then we end up with the modern era, which starts with The Eyes of Alice Cooper and goes up to what we have today. Yep, exactly. So because we're going to have a lot of chatter, we're going to kick this episode off with the newest uh, pretty much Alice Cooper, which is the Hollywood Vampires. And we're going to play the, the cover of Whole Lot of Love that also has Brian Johnson. So here's Whole Lot of Love by the Hollywood Vampires. Whole 
So that was Whole Lot of Love by, well, a lot of people. I, I, is Joe Perry on that one, too? I forget the whole listing. There's so I many think guesters. Joe, Joe's on the majority of the album. Right. So it's safe to say that he is on that one. Yeah. I believe Orianthi also plays guitar on that particular track, if I'm not mistaken. 
uh, right before she left. I mean, they, they, they took a few years to do this record. So. Right, right. Yeah. It's just supposed to be like a covers one. But how'd you think uh, Brian Johnson sounded? I thought he sounded great. I don't know if he knows that he sounded great on it or not. <laughs> All right, we better stop it there because we, we'll never be able to finish the show to, to go on that ACDC tangent. So, all right, cool. Well, I figured I'd start off just kind of uh, – we can just talk about how we kind of got into Alice Cooper and just a quick synopsis. And I can tell you that my gateway was Kiss first and after I had uh, – you know, after a year or two of listening to it, I started – you know, I knew a couple of Alice Cooper songs on the radio, but I kept – you know, thinking like, man, you know, I wish Gene had more demon songs or more evil songs where I just like that character. And mostly he's just talking about banging chicks, which is all all fine and good. But, you know, I would just be if there was more like just I don't know. And I'm like, maybe there's more with with Alice. They're so weird. And that's when I got into the whole I bought basically his greatest hits. And I was at first I was bewildered the fact that that in 1974 he had a greatest hits. I'm like, 1974, how many albums does this guy have? before yeah. 74 and i just <laughs> saw that he was just pumping them out you know two two a year just like the the whole kiss thing and i just devoured that first era and, and then it just kind of built from there but that was my kind of like my blueprint so it wasn't like hey hey stupid or even though that was in the age where trash should have been an album that, that i got you know where in that age when i was getting that kind of stuff so that was kind of my blueprint what about um you Baco? well um not too much different uh I didn't really get into my appreciation for Alice till probably the 90s. But in the 80s, there was this radio station in, I'm sure it's still there, uh, KUPD in Arizona, Phoenix area. Uh, but they used to do like a six-pack, and they'd play an entire record overnight. And one of them, I, I would stay up because at 14, I had nothing else to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I wanted a record, I'd, I'd record it. Uh, and one of them was Alice Cooper's Greatest Hits. So, you know, I, I listened to the shit out of that for, I don't know. I, I basically all the songs in there became pretty much ingrained in you know in my chemistry as far as music goes uh but then you know somewhere around the 90s um i think for a long time i the kind the whole kiss thing kind of I, I kept alice to the side but at a certain point my cd collection got so big i felt like it was lacking and i was around the time when the box set came out and from there i just started kind of working my way back plus i've had a handful of friends that just can't let go of it um they're there are i should say are just as big into him as i would be to kiss so you know I, I i've heard tons of it plus i've seen him a few times so yeah and i'm just a much add- bigger fan today than i was say in 85 you know as people make comparisons like a lot of guys like us a lot of us guys that have these shows it seems like one of the common factors is you know with all due respect to like the beatles like kiss is kind of our beatles mm-hmm. well if there's an elvis uh, for me it's alice but the interesting thing about Alice is it's not just being Elvis. He's Elvis, and he's Dylan, and he's Elton. He's a lot of those guys. And that's why I consider Alice to be the greatest performer, frontman, songwriter, all those things. For me, he's number one. My gateway came through their Wayward Sons, Twisted Sister, 1985, that come out and play record. It was huge in the Twisted Sister. Still am. But hearing this guy on this track... And I really don't know who he is. I wasn't raised on classic rock radio. I was raised on country western radio. Yeah, I know. I should right? say and no. I should I'm, also. I'm so sorry, Joey. I had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> but but I'll, I'll just throw in here too is that we should say that we are representing rock from uh, South Florida, Minnesota, and Texas. You're from Texas. Yes. 
And yeah, I, I got that record and I was like, who's this guy? Because he doesn't sound like D. And I look on the credits and it says Alice Cooper. I'm like, okay, never heard of him. Like I said, I never heard Schools Out. I heard him doing – the first time I heard Alice on a record was him doing Be Cruel to Your School with Twisted Sister. And then literally a few months later, the He's Back, The Man Behind the Mask single came out. <laughs> and, it, and yeah, I love that song. Still love it. And that's one of the reasons I probably do love it is because it got me into Alice. And the first thing I ever owned was a cassette of Greatest Hits, just like all you guys. And I've never looked back since. Awesome. Awesome. Well <clears> – <throat> So let's kick it off with the the OG, and um, we'll just give honors to the guest. So go ahead, go ahead. What's your Joey? Kinda, uh, go Joey. We're, we're we're starting off with in Bob Ezrin land. You know, Bob Ezrin comes into the band and becomes the sixth member of the band. I don't think there's any argument about that. Nope. And these records and. Those first four albums with Bob, Love It to Death, Killer, School's Out, Billion Dollar Babies, in my opinion, those are all five-star records. And that's pretty much the era in a nutshell for me. You'll find no better rock and roll or a better band ever assembled than those four records. And they're must-owns. If you don't have them, I don't don't know what you're doing. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, uh, (laughs) what are your thoughts, Baco? Um, well, this is the classic stuff, you know, this is like, you know, for all of us that was on the greatest hits came from these, these records. So, yeah. um, yeah, it, uh, I love, um, well, I'll get to my pick here in a little bit, but yeah, this is, you know, for the nuts and bolts, you know, there, there's obviously some, uh, big tunes from Alice after this, but you know, a, a big part of his set list today is still, you know, from this era. So, yeah, yeah you, you, you can't fuck with this era. And the other part about it is, is the fact that. You know, <clears throat> Ezrin, you know, I think that Ezrin turned into, quote, Ezrin at like the welcome to the nightmare point forward. And I'll describe what I mean by that. But the, the good thing about this is he produced, you know, this was like pure rock and roll, I think, for, for this era where there wasn't a lot of that. Like if you listen to it still to this day, I mean, you listen to Billion Dollar Babies, the production on all these albums is perfect. You listen to headphones, you can hear all the little intricacies but it's not glossed over do you know what i'm trying to say joey like it doesn't like yeah. there wasn't extra stuff that was added later yeah yeah okay. and there's and the strings kick in you know around schools out but it's sure. it's it's a little more subtle than theatrical uh there is theater involved but it's more vaudeville like alice likes and uh but i've even heard hall of fame producers you know like nile rogers give it up for billion dollar babies so i mean you know it's not just fanboys yucking it up. It's it's people that know what they're doing in that studio with those buttons that listen to that record and go, wow, how did they do that? Mm-hmm. I agree with the, the nutshell of that the description, but you want to jump in with your favorite and discuss it? I'm talking, okay, we're doing picks now. Yeah, yeah, unless you okay. want to keep going. No, 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 no. It's, it's, it's like I said, what to say. I can re-elaborate in the fact that you know, people hold the first four Black Sabbath albums, you know, like the first five Zeppelins, that Stones run from Beggar's Banquet through Exile, the first four Ramones. These first albums four Poison are, Records. Hey, there you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what was the fourth Poison record, for God's sake? Crack, crack a Smile. Uh, okay. All right. Which I actually like, but uh, anyway. Well, now but, my goal for the rest of this episode is to stump Joey on uh, the first four records of some band. So. Oh, yeah, I'll do it all night. You know, for those of you who don't have these records, us picking one, it still means go buy all the records. 
I have to really do a little runner up here because there's there's fanboy personal faves and you know I think it's it's easy to kind of take the singles for granted. They get played at every show. They never get missed, so they get a lot of love. Right. But these songs are great for a reason, and they're not mm-hmm. overrated uh, whatsoever. And when I hear them live, I react to them just as much as I do fan favorites, or just about. So personal favorite out of that era, Halo of Flies. I think it's a it's, awesome kick-ass. You know, I talked to, uh, if I may do a little name drop, and I talked to Neil Smith about this song. Oh, look at you. And uh, hmm. well, I, was at, I was at that Cooper Band reunion a few months ago in Dallas. So yeah, why don't you, got, why don't you uh, summarize it real quick? I've actually heard it in a couple different podcasts, but kind of a, yeah. of a Cliff Notes yeah. version of it, because I think that's insanely just random that that happened to begin. Yeah, and Rock History Plus. It was it was an amazing night. And, you know, if, if I only just met Neil and Dennis and Michael and just got to talk to them, have them sign some shit, it still would have been a great night. If I got to see him jam as a three-piece, it's still a great night. It turned into Rock History Plus once Alice walked out on that stage right? and did that mini set with him. I mean, go watch YouTube clips. We're all, we're all packed in this place, and it's, it's insane. Just It's great. And it's a moment in time. I, I don't think that they'll ever go out and do it, uh, honestly. Um, I think a lot of that's Michael and Alice, honestly. But it was, it was magic. You know, what, what, is, what is the real story that, of why they... Um, I mean, I don't think they've ever really, is it just, was it just money or I don't even remember seeing a definitive, just that this is why you broke up or Alice just wanted to, I know that they didn't want to be as theatrical. I mean, that's the story that you hear. That is the story. And I think it might be one of those police sting things, almost in a sense, like where it's like, I'm going to go do the solo thing. And they probably had in the back of their mind, oh, he'll be back. He'll be Uh, back in, he'll be back in a couple of years. And he kind of just didn't come back and i think some of that in the documentary you know the uh, the super duper alice cooper documentary is very telling which i still need to see i have not me too yeah it's very well done you know the guy sam that did you know middle evolution and all that stuff and but michael bruce not on it at all and i know that they i i'm pretty sure they talked to him from what i heard Uh, so if alice is having a final say there or it was asked about michael bruce He's not on that documentary. He has no say in it. Interesting. And what? I think a lot of that stems from Michael Bruce's autobiography. From uh, basically, you know, you see a Michael Bruce interview or you read his book, and it's kind of like this. A lot of this is just me. I wrote this stuff. You know, I did a lot of this stuff, and a lot of this is me. And a lot of these classic songs are me. And he doesn't even. It's not just so much, you know, digging at Alice. It's the whole band. I think they all kind of took it as a front, honestly. Mm. Were you going to say something, Baco? Yeah, I just because um, you know I'm, I'm not like I've already said I'm not really a historian on this. When did Alice actually? Uh, it was during this time, right, that he took on the moniker to as a, as a name, a stage name, correct? Or was it after the band broke? Yeah, he he changed his name legally during that run. Like okay. it, it, he, you know, they used to all, of course, you know, they grew up. Most of them grew up together, and they knew him as Vince. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of them might have even seen that as like, okay, well, now he's starting to believe his own hype. But I think maybe he might have done it to take some sort of trademark because when you when you want a trademark and you don't want to fight for it, changing yeah. your name legally to it is a really good way to do that. <laughs> yeah, I guess um, so. But he was. Uh, he was drinking during this time too, right? I mean, I know oh yeah, God, yes. So. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, they they were, you know, 
they they you know they it was just beer 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 you know it was all beer. I only mention that because you know you you wonder if if you're having that big of a a, a problem with any kind of substance. Uh, how much legal thought goes into anything you do? <laughs> yeah, they never contested it. At least they could have. They could have maybe contested it under like, "Hey, he was under the influence when he filed the trademark." But I'm sure Shep Gordon probably filed that trademark. Yeah, yeah, the whole business thing. I definitely need to see that. But um, why don't you break down your tune? You oh, say, Halo, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Halo okay, Flies is a perfect song. I Halo mean, Flies. It's, that's it's, right. It's got a. It's got a dozens and dozens of time changes. Yep. Uh, they've said it's their attempt at King Crimson, and it's it's a crazy song, and it requires your attention for all eight minutes of it.
it's it's pretty amazing. But that being said, I it's weird. It's going to make me seem like Killer is my favorite record, but I don't think anyone can deny Under My Wheels. And to me, uh, I don't know where you you know what kind of classic rock radio you guys have over there, but oh, Under My Wheels, some good stuff. <laughs> yeah, you know, it seems like it seems like they only play eighteen and schools out on every classic rock station. But Under My Wheels, I think is is really the definitive single of that era, in my opinion. Well, the, the first time I heard it actually was the Decline of Western Civilization. Me too. Version. With uh, I heard that version first and then heard the original. So why don't you pick your favorite album then and least favorite from that album, from that era. I know the least one's going to be difficult, but go ahead. Le- I mean, just by default, just because it's got maybe two two pieces of filler, which is saying something for that whole era, but I'll say Muscle of Love. But that being said, there's some great stuff on there. Favorite overall? God. Ugh. You know what? Today, I'm going to say School's Out uh, because I think it works the best as an album top to bottom than even all those other albums because you could almost argue there's really not as much of a flow to those records. So if you're going strictly album, School's Out and just because kind of the underrated factor everybody knows schools out the song but they know nothing else off of the rest of that album and there's some amazing songs in there my stars blue turk gutter cats it's it's a perfect album well i think that's a perfect transition to me because this is the part where we'll start fighting (laughs) (laughs) i'll I'll just say of that era and i'll go into my song in a second but with all respect uh, schools out is by far my least favorite Wow. And I'll, and I'll tell you why. What is there, nine tracks on that? Yeah. Okay. So you got, it starts off with School's Out, great song, obviously. And then it goes into what? The, Looney Tune. Uh, Looney Tune. Yeah. Um, which I will then segue to get some positive, and then I'll go into the rest of that. Looney Tune is my pick for my favorite song on that era, and I'll tell you why. Mm. The, the reason is, and I, I can go, just like you can for all these, is I actually picked a little bit of, a theme on this and and you know when i was first starting this i'm at the, this was the only song besides maybe ballad of dwight fry and dead babies that disturbed me <laughs> because the fact that the, the lyric of i'm swimming in blood like a rat on the sewer floor
like that before i guess on in uh, when i was a, a young in my formative years so yeah. that one was the one that that jumped out and i've never really it's kind of a really deep track for me too because you never see it you know you yeah. never play it live has never done anything like that but i don't know and, for, for, and johnny and johnny rotten and sid vicious used to play looney tune and dead babies in the subway on fiddles really oh that's an interesting uh it's amazing uh visual yeah, people <laughs> people would pay they did it so they could get paid people would pay them to shut up <laughs> I can see that <laughs> genius business uh, model, but yeah, you, you that for me, I think that I do like the ones you mentioned on Schools Out, um, my stars. But it just it seemed like that whole um, whatever you call it at the end, where it's just a bunch of music together, like the whole uh, what do you call that? What's the last track on that one? Like the the uh, yeah, it's yeah. a grand grand finale. It's like an overture of the the right. whole album. But yeah. it's like nine. Like if you break it down, to me, there's only like really six songs on the album. Yeah, yeah, because a street fight should be part of Gutter Cats, but it's not. That, that's what I'm saying. So for me, it was just, it was difficult. Um, for me, and then uh, if I'm looking at for the the best is for me is Killer because I think that a lot of the themes for him kind of formed. On that album, you know, you got the the album with him hanging in the noose. You had it got a little more evil with you know dead babies. The title track was bizarre. Obviously, we just mentioned Halo Flies, and it's got Under My Wheels. It's got Desperado. It's just yeah. it's eight I, tracks, but I, I love, can't argue. Yeah, I can't I love, argue that. I love every single song on that one, and but it's difficult. Like I go to go to Billion Dollar Babies, and. The problem with that, obviously, that has a ton of great stuff. But for me, I've never liked Elected, um, and oh. then and then I also uh, 
I love the dead bores me. I like that the the creepy part in the beginning, but then when they do it live, I'm like, stop it. I get it. You love the dead. I really do. I get it. It's been going on for two minutes. You fucking said, I get it. You so like you probably it. like the Alice Cooper show version better, where they don't really commit to the whole track. They turn it into a medley of all these other songs. Correct. I do. I like that. I like that. Um, I like the music in it because they usually do like a breakdown when they do it live. That's that's cool. But the and then uh, Sick Things is probably one of his worst songs. Um, wow. And uh, whatever that little diddly is that I, I usually banish from my head. Oh, Marianne? You Marianne. don't like Marianne? No, don't oh. like Marianne. Oh. Um, but, but it's got some of my favorite on there, too. I mean, it, you, you talk <laughs> about, uh, you know, Unfinished Sweet and, and uh, fucking, epic, epic fucking Raped and Freezing. Uh, yeah. Listen, you can't, you can't mess with it. But, but if I had to look at it percentage-wise, like, you know, you do the whole thing where you give the, the one, the half, and the zero. That's where Killer wins for me. Okay, so, fair enough. I'm done with my rant. Baco, you want to jump in here? Yeah, um, since between the two of you basically covered every track on all four records, I can, <laughs> I can uh, thankfully keep mine fairly brief, which actually, to be honest, probably fits. My favorite album of that era is Billion Dollar Babies, and for a part that hasn't been talked about, and that was the packaging and all the crap that it came with. And it's yeah. like this weird, the, the cover was like it's a green snakeskin wallet that opens up, and there's all the cool inserts and shit. That was probably one of the first non-KISS-related collector records that I paid too much money for on vinyl used, but I don't know. <laughs> I, I loved it. Uh, hey, you know, back to the thing here. I'll just say my picks, I, 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 it was between Under My Wheels, which is probably my favorite Alice Cooper song. Cool. Oh, and by the way, uh, I, I'm kind of sick of it now, but the first song that really got, you know, got me rewinding the cassette by Alice Cooper had to be No More Mr. Nice Guy. Um, but I think Desperado was the song I'm going to go with. Uh, I know it's not on uh, Billion Dollar Babies. But I, I really enjoy that one. Kind of a little different feel to what they were doing at the time. So. I'm a gambler And I'm a runner But you knew that When you laid down I'm a picture Ugly stories I'm a killer And I'm a clown Step into the street by sundown Step into your last goodbye You're a target just by living Twenty dollars will make you die I'll wear
All right, friends. I hope you enjoyed that. We'll be back soon to cover the concept era. That's welcome to my nightmare all the way up to from the inside. So until then, remember, rock's not dead. It's hiding. And you found it. Well done.
Maryland sports fans, there's only one sports book in the great state of Maryland with over 50 years' experience booking bets and supporting customers. Betfred Sportsbook at Long Shots is now open and is the only sports book in Frederick offering cash betting on football, basketball, world soccer, and more. Visit the Betfred Sportsbook at I-270 and MD-85 in Frederick, right next to Long Shots Off-Track Betting. Go to BetfredSports.com for more information and your chance to win exclusive merchandise. Must be 21 or older. Play responsibly. For help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. 